Good morning. This is Dr. Matthew Dunn, host of The Future of Email. My guest today, we've not met. This will be our first conversation, but I know his company. Darren Dawson, uh, co-founder, president at BombBomb, correct? Yes, sir. Hey, thanks for... Um, it's great to meet you, and thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, I was telling Darren before we before we started, just in the in the brief intro chat, that I'm a, a longtime fan of BombBomb. Can you give people like the top line view about the company? Yeah, well, so we are an email service provider, uh, but we enable video messaging from anywhere you're currently sending a text message. So, if that's in the email space, we make it easy for you to add a video to that. If it's a text message, if it's in Facebook uh, Messenger, if it's in uh, LinkedIn, uh, anywhere that you're currently sending a text message, we enable you to send a video message as well. Now, let me test a theory with you. Um, again, saying long time, long time fan. Um, BombBomb, BombBomb put made video work in email easily and early. Like you guys were doing this when when it- I I had a I had a server in a closet. Right. I, we started this before the iPhone had a camera and YouTube was a public company. Right. Okay. Right. You, I remember when YouTube was begun and like, that's interesting. This really helps our case, you know, yeah. like yeah. thinking like th this is happening. And yeah, it was 2006 when Connor and I had this idea mm -hmm. that it'd be cool if we could send ourselves an emails. Yeah, and so we worked on that. And we put a server in his closet, put a video on it, because we didn't have like, and then pointed yeah. to that server, yeah. and you yeah. play this video back on a server. And then, yeah. then we worked hard in those early days to think about, you know, play in the mobile devices and in the easy, easy insertion of video. Because yeah, you know, if you think even today, it's still the case. I mean, often you're making a giant video that is not compatible with the internet service providers that you have, and even then, it was even worse. Today it still is because this phone of mine makes beautiful huge videos. Right. So we we cracked on that problem first, just you know, um, encapsulizing those videos, making them smaller, uh, encoding them, and then serving them out. And more importantly, we we've always been really focused since the beginning on the recipient experience more even than my customers' experience. Like mm -hmm. when you send something to someone, what is their experience like? And so we would sniff out on their end and still do this to this day, what device they're on, what service yeah. are they on? And we deliver experience that they can handle, which made video fast. We want to have our core companies are still the same. They have been forever. Speed the video and guidance to success. So we want to make it easy and fast for you to send a video. And, and two, we want to help you think about why you should be doing video and why it's important, we think. So, um. One of the things that seemed to happen to your company, and I use that word intentionally, I'm, I'm curious your opinion about this. You seem to get captured by a couple of markets relatively early on. My read on it is that real estate, mortgage, maybe insurance, and I seem to remember maybe voiceover artists as well, but you had this like there's a capture effect I ran into BombBomb first at a real estate tech conference. Okay. Um, great booth, nice people, all that stuff. But I'm like, Probably me, depending on how long ago it was. <laughs> what interested me is that it's like, it's such an, it, it, it's a solution that's applicable to so many different businesses. And at, at the same time, you've got these, this enthusiastic set of audiences that are like, that's my solution. 
And I know that there are other companies in the real estate tech space that have specifically like, no, 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 we can work with BombBomb. Like you've really got philosophy. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. So, you know, early on as an entrepreneur, I was trying to figure out where are we going to get traction? Sure. Because you're right. I mean, it was a hard, it's actually a good problem to have and a hard problem to solve. Yes. The addressable market for this product is is huge, right? Yes. But um, you have to focus because we had limited resources. We are still self-funded. We have never taken venture capital and we're just Congrats. doing it, right? And so we were trying to figure that out early and uh, we found and still find today, we, we categorize the people you just mentioned as the trusted advisor. Yeah, okay? makes sense. Right? So if you're a trusted advisor, and that means trusted advisors, people like real estate agents, mortgage professionals, insurance agents, financial advisors. Mm-hmm. Um, these are people who know something about a thing. It's usually an advanced level of information that they have and that you need to hire them to do that thing. And so um, we found three things in a trusted advisor that we, we think really video helps. One is that a human being is necessary in the transaction. So you need their expertise to execute the transaction. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number two, um, it's a repeat and referral type business, right? Like they depend on you recommending them to other people. And then three, it's always something, it's, it's usually a complex thing that, you know, you and I might understand how mortgages work, but I don't know the ins and outs of what's going on when I need one. So I need right. to get someone with expertise and usually that expertise is complex, complex. Video does a great job of helping people understand complex things, right? We're, we're human beings. We communicate face-to-face. We communicate relationally. And so those things come across. We learn things better when we have all the aspects available to us of how we as humans take in information. So we think video helps that quite a bit. So the, we started zeroing in on that. And then and, and you're right. Real estate was a huge and still is. I mean, still is the bigger portion of our of our market. And mortgage is quickly right now, quickly eclipsing that, interestingly enough. Interesting. Um, insurance, you know, we have some very big insurance providers that use BombBomb and financial advisors. So those are our key categories in our trusted advisor space. We have, you know, SaaS companies, you have large companies, large uh, accounting firms, like there's a, but they're a trusted advisor too, in a way, right? So it's it's interesting. I think when it's complex, it's repeat and referral and a human being's necessary, we do really well in those spaces. Gotcha, gotcha. And and I would assume that the um, recipient appetite and um, just uh, familiarity with the experience of oh I got a video from you know trusted advisor Jim um, it, like that seems to have changed a bunch in the time frame yeah, right I mean it's it's kind of interesting when you think about this we spent a lot of time thinking about it that okay you, I don't know how often you see your real estate agent but or your mortgage provider, but those two specifically have an issue where you interacted a ton when you were doing the transaction. Narrow window, yeah. Very tight, your best friends, God, you thought you're, you were gonna be friends forever, but inevitably, you haven't talked to them in a while and they don't do a great job usually making sure that relationship stays intact. So what we help them with is ways that they can interject themselves back into your life, remind you that, yeah, I really like, Stephanie, she was great. You know, she's fantastic. And it reminds you maybe to refer her right now. Mm, Then it keeps them top of mind when you have a need in the future. So now I need to do a refi. You know, I bought a house with this person. Why why don't I use the same mortgage lender again? I often don't, right? Like, but it's part of the issue because they're dealing with volume sometimes. And Mm -hmm. 
And that's hard for them to keep on top of that. So we've integrated, like you mentioned, with a lot of real estate tech providers and prop tech. So in the mortgage space, title space, I mean, all of it to make that seamless for them to use our services in an automated way sometimes, but then also in a one-off very personal way as well. So yeah, but you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, like those, those folks really have gravitated towards us over the years and still are the by far the, in a way, the lion's share of the communities we serve. So as a pioneer in the space, um, cause I, I, I think the mobile and texting has been added to the platform after email, right? It was email first. Um, yeah, email was first. Yeah, absolutely. I was, I was just on a, I was just on a, on a call with someone from an agency this morning. Uh, sh she was looking for help understanding what she could do with video in email for one of her clients. And I was explaining some of the practical technical constraints. Look, email can do this. It can't do that, right? There's no, there's no language. There's no scripting in email. You are not going to get full motion play, stop, pause. Etc. In email, you're, you're probably never going to get that as long as email remains dumb. So there's this hybrid, like email. within the context of within the email, in the yes. context of the email. So there's this hybrid experience, which we're mostly used to. Oh, I see that in email. I click and I play it in a browser. It looks, it feels invisible, but they're two. They are two different environments. Yeah, you, yeah, you're getting you're getting people to straddle it. Like I know, I know, BombBomb did this elegant job of sort of making that seamless. You hit record, you hit send. And the fact that the video, the video itself <laughs> is streaming on a web page somewhere yeah. and the thumbnail automatically inserted in the email, like you wrapped all of that stuff up. Yeah. We, we really thought about that a lot. We still do. Wow. I mean, in a campaign format. So if you're doing an email campaign with Bomba, yep. we actually replicate the entirety of the email. Right. So yeah. we want that. I think in other spaces, what happens is that that video loses the contextualization of the communication you have. So if you're a marketer yeah. and you have a specific call to action, you have a link in there that you want to, you know, drive towards, because video does a great job of doing that. I can go on a video on the in the in the email piece and I can say, click on this link below or right, right. fill out the form or do whatever. It's fantastic at driving call to action. If that call to action is then removed from the context, I think of the marketing piece, it loses its zest. Are you with me? Like that's the problem. And so very early we replicate that environment so that you still have your call to action in place. And of course, now we've added things like you can embed that call to action in the video itself. So it carries with you. Nice. In our one-to-one -one interactions, we do replicate, we go to a video and both are what we call video page. But in a campaign, we keep the context of the campaign. If it's a one-to-one -one video, I send it to you and I said, Matt, what's going on? How you doing? Like, thanks for having me. That kind of thing. That's also played in a video page. And there is a transcription of what is said. Mm -hmm. You can have calls to action inside the video. You can have, you know, there's a like button and things. We give you multiple, you can comment on it. There's lots of ways to interact with that. That all roots right back into your inbox. Mm -hmm. So you have, again, it's all in that same workspace. We want to we want to work where you work in that. And so we've really worked hard again in that recipient experience to make sure you're not losing what you're trying to drive, which is some sort of outcome, marketing, sales, whatever it might be. Right, right, right. On um, what's uh, what's shifted substantially in say the last five six years? What I think is really interesting is that when we first started, everyone thought you had to be like the ten o'clock news. Right. So they thought you had to look a certain way. They want to be highly produced. They struggled with it being 
not shiny enough is where I'll use. So yeah. we were yeah. preaching transparency, be authentic. Yeah. This is about you broadcasting yourself to your people. The same problem exists for a different reason. And it is that social media has taught us that we don't look well, like we don't like. <laughs> yeah. It's the same problem, right? Same problem. Yes. I don't look like the newscaster was the problem seven years ago. Now the problem is I don't look perfect. I don't and, look like an um, influencer. <laughs> exactly. And so all these things on social media give me yeah. things to polish my face. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> and so there's a demand for that. So we're, yeah. you know, we're relenting a bit and giving them like blurred backgrounds, like you and I are both using right, 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 right. Our virtual backgrounds, you know. But th look, we we started this company with this belief that humans are intrinsically valuable and that we want to help them better communicate. And so it, we get a little altruistic or a little fundamentalist is a better word right. that we think that yeah you shouldn't do that because it, typically who's using us is some sort of sales role. I mean, you're selling something to somebody, even if you're a trusted advisor or whatever. So we want you to be authentically you. Show up with yourself and be that person to your best ability. We're not marketing, video marketing. We are video for humans to to communicate better is how we think about it so we're right. relationships through video yep versus yep. marketing through video so we were right. now we're all about professional marketing videos and you can deliver those through bomb bomb but the biggest use case for what we do is sending personal one-to-one yeah. -one videos yeah. we, we help you create a personalized approach at scale so we work in salesforce we work in these big environments to deliver it let's let's come let's come back to that one because I suspect it'll consume a bunch of time. So big pin in the virtual yep. board here. I wanted to talk about the the ESP side yeah. of what you do because that that that's not trivial either. I have <laughs> to tell you in in the in the email marketing space like capital E capital M, yeah. um, BombBomb's not as well known as I expected. As I as I've started Correct. started learning that space, I go blah 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 BombBomb, and I'd have. People really know. So they're, huh? What? I'm like, whoa! You don't know about them? But <laughs> let me tell you. Let me tell you a secret. Like some of the stuff you're blowing your brains out trying to do in your existing platform is push a button there. So, um, at the same time, you had to build a legit ESP, right? Right. So like Not undergird everything. You do. ESP, <laughs> and I would argue, close to a CRM level of functionality. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Tough. So you want to know about? Yeah, that was not. You know, we <laughs> kind of got into this thing like, oh, dang, we're going to have to do that, you know? And yeah, yeah. And I, got, I was telling you earlier, I've been doing email marketing since around 98. I mean, early, I was a constant contact user and then a MailChimp user, right? Early, early, early. So it was always, I worked for a marketing agency. I worked for a TV station where I ran, um, you know, the websites and the content development, ran the email, all the stuff. And so, um, and that's really what evolved in this this idea for BombBomb was working there. Like, well, why do I need to pay them $500 to broadcast a 30-second ad where I can broadcast myself to my fans? Right, right, a, right. Seth, I still am a big Seth Godin fan. But yeah, building the ESP, we were going to all the HubSpot conferences, the ESP conferences, learning about this early on. Some of our very first customers ended up being churches and nonprofits. Fascinating. Fascinating. Okay which really helped us build our ESP bones because churches and nonprofits send highly desirable mail, right? Yeah. yeah. So their open rates are clean. Yeah. They don't hit, no one's hitting the spam button on them. Right. It really helped us. So it was this crazy 
dichotomy where the churches cleaned up our real estate traffic, right? Like, <laughs> like, it, like it was like the it cleaned it up. The church cleaned up the the somewhat our realtor friends out there. I love y'all. Yeah. But you don't do very good list hygiene. Yeah. And, and that vulnerability, <laughs> right? And you're like, my emails are getting through. Well, it's because you're spamming everyone. That's the right. problem, right? Right. <laughs> but early on, we kind of leg up, fortunately, yeah. because we had so many customers that were in that space. And so we had great, beautiful email servers. Right. For, wow. you know, and then we learned that, warmed up. We still do. We still run a ton of traffic, nothing to the tune of what, you know, some of those bigger ASPs. It's not Zeta or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, and we run all our own traffic, which is, yeah. we own that core competency of the business. Wow. We have resources dedicated to that right yep. now. Yeah. Monitoring wow. all of those things. So it became a very valuable piece of tech once it was done. But that's a uh, that, uh, church, church, you know, church and nonprofit. They, I, you know, asterisk, hey, EST running friends out there, you know, giving a churches and nonprofits a break is in your self interest. Oh, absolutely. Right. <laughs> now, now you're, if, if you want to buy my Macau and you're a nonprofit, we give yeah. it to you for free. Oh, it's wow. not that reason, but we just get, became more altruistic. And yeah. And yeah. Right. We want to support. And that's our whole thing. We wrote a book a while back called Rehumanize Your Business. But our our premise in Bomba is we want to rehumanize the planet. Something we're doing behind the scenes is helping nonprofits. So just giving things away. We, we support some communities across the globe in our backyard. So that's a big part of who we are as a culture. And, you know, not only do I want to help you better communicate as a person in your business, but we're doing some other stuff behind the scenes. It's fun too. So nice. that was all part of that. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I, I, I love the fact that you're still so enthused too, because it, it's a long, it's a long road you've been walking. It is. It is. Luckily I've been doing it with my best buddy and yeah. we just, you know, we've been in businesses a long time together and uh, we, it, I think you can burn out easy, but we we're able to lighten each other's load along the way. Mm, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. That was my first marriage. <laughs> right. It's, it's to him and to our, our business together, but it's it's still been fun. So you mentioned the servers in the closet and uh I have enough gray hair to remember the remember that era as well, which was not that long ago. No, it and really on this yes. fast shift to uh to cloud capabilities. Um have you had have you done substantial reengineering, like grown your own data center, colo, like What's the tech, super technical well, I think we've been through all of those, but now <laughs> we, are, we are hosted in uh, Amazon services and we have backups with Rackspace. Yep, 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 so, yep. You know, everything's very redundant, but yep. the cloud computing technology, it's all there now. It's become so robust that, yeah, everything is a typical SaaS company. You know, it, it's funny. When we started this, SaaS was just not even something people knew. Like no. uh, the, the venture capital scene was not what it is today. Like. You could not go to college for entrepreneurship or university for entrepreneurship. <laughs> yeah. Company. And we learned very much in the in the hard knock. It's one of the reasons I think we're still self-funded is because when we would have taken money, they wouldn't have given it to us because there wasn't this ecosystem for it like yeah. there is today. And now whatever we've gotten, we've grown, we don't, there's other pitfalls to yeah. take. So, so it's interesting. I always think about that. But yeah, we've gone through all these different iterations. Campaign Genius is bootstrapped, self-funded as well. And I mean, I know I know it's cooled off. We're having this you know, conversation late 2022. I know it's cooled off, but 
even when it was at the peak where it, we seemed to be doing dot-com 2.0 and people were getting cocktail napkins funded, and I would chat with friends and colleagues, they'd be like, well, why don't you go raise funds? I'm like, A, I've, I've been around that. It's I don't actually like it. Um, and B, it's still a six-month pain in the butt. I'd rather work on the, what do the customers need? What, you know, what's the, how's the product need to evolve? And trying to stop it all to, to go chasing an ambulance load of dollars struck me as, strikes me as a huge bore. I think um, we were fortunate that we didn't have the luxury, right? I think I really think that in the past that we had to solve customer issues. We just had to listen to the customer and we still have to. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's hard to do that. It's hard to stick to it. We don't always do that well, but we've always, I, I know, I'm not sure again. So like solving customer problems is the only thing that I'm probably okay at. That's what, yeah, that's, that's what we're actually supposed to do. Right. Um, and I have watched with some amusement sales like you have as well as, as entrepreneurship has become like the new rock star, um, like 19 year old saying, I want to be an entrepreneur. Like you don't even know what you just said, but okie dokie, go give it a shot. Right. You, uh, <laughs> it's not as oh, man, not it glamorous. I think it's like, it's like anything you read about all the stuff that looked like it was just easy. I think yes. the lore of easy is, is often yes. too good to be true. Well put. Well put. Yeah. yeah. It's tough. <laughs> Building a business, owning it. Look, if you if you made $100,000 in a business that you started yourself, I would hug you and, and sincerely congratulate you on that job well done. I, and, and now that could be in our real estate partners or the same thing. And they're consultants around their own vendor contractors, whatever. That's hard. Yeah, it's hard to stay focused on that. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to stay focused on that. And as the world does this fast shift around us, and you know, new channels vying for attention and stuff. I don't know why I'm thinking of them, but I had a I, I had a gen who helped me with a roof problem. Yet relatively young guy, and he was telling me like he's just chock a block busy. And I listened to him describe the cycle. It's like you're 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 expert up on the roof, but the Taking the call, getting back to people, giving them an estimate, all that side of stuff. It's like it's it's not a, it's not the toughest list of stuff to do. I'm thinking you're your own bottleneck, but I can't really I can't really tell you that straight out because he's justifiably proud that he's he's made it. You know, his own two hands made a business and it's working. Well, scale is the is the dilemma always, mm. always, always. Yeah, unless you. Yeah, and, and it starts right there where I've I've created something that people know that I do good work. Yeah. But being able to know that it's more valuable to me to hire someone, anybody, Dude. to take that call and get back to people in a timely fashion in the yep. trade industry yep. Yep. could double my business. And yes. then you know, and then but do I need to hire people? How do I hire people well? Like the, All that that's stuff. the next level is so tough. And All it doesn't stuff. get easier as it as you grow and grow and grow. And that was us, you know, it was like Connor and I, and now it's 150 people. Wow. Yeah. It's like wow. real thing. And you're like, I've got to get Congrats. smart people around that's me cool. to figure that out. You know, you know, that's a magic threshold, right? Is it? Well, good. And I'm glad. You're the Dunbar's number? I have. Okay. Yes. I know what you're So you guys are tipping really close to Dunbar's number. I like it. I think um, my prediction, though, for the coming years for us is profitability is going to be sexy again. That's why I've been saying everybody like, Giddy up. <laughs> hey, let's be profitable. Who's yeah. into that, right? Yeah, let's like, into that. I, I, profitability. I am. I'm I've always thought it was a really good idea for a- I did too. <laughs> like, but I think no, with the you. recency of free money in the economy, I think that, that that kind of went away for a few years. Now, 
my prediction is profitability is sexy again. So I don't know if I will grow a ton as numbers. We'll just gonna see what's going on here a little bit. Did the did the pandemic? Uh, yeah, it gave us a boost. It gave you a boost. You know, I, so I, I give you my pandemic story. So we've been solidly in these trusted advisor categories. Yeah. Really, just um, you know uh, that vertical strategy worked really has been working very well. Pandemic man, boom! And in, in that second quarter of 2020, we didn't know if we were going to have to. You know, I had business leaders calling me like, "Are you shutting down? What are you doing? You're laying off half your team." I'm like, well, I'm not doing that yet. Like, I don't know, but we got inundated and we had a huge lift. Right. And we had SaaS, like a lot of software companies. Everybody was moving to remote. Yep. And we we're like, finally, finally, video. Right. So it really made us think like we should go horizontal more hmm. and uh, leave the vertical strategy. And we did that. But then there's this retread now kind of back. And we've seen some people leave because it was a COVID solution. Now, oh, wow. Back face to face. Been- yeah. So we positioned it wrong there maybe in our sales approach in that moment. So that's just transparency of that. Like I've never led a business through a pandemic. If I get the opportunity again, I might <laughs> learn something. Let's not do that. Let's not. I don't want to. That, I'd rather not. But just being vulnerable, I don't think we do this anymore as business leaders. We just like, it was amazing. I made a bunch of money. It was, and I did, but then there's another point too, a point, and we saw it kind of hit. Yeah. Beginning of this year, right? And so it's been an interesting year. And I have this economic uh, flutterings, but we found ourselves again dialed right back into our oldest customers who have been with us forever. And now we're moving more in the enterprise space in those verticals. And so I think we have the top 80 mortgage banks in the country as our customers, as an example, and some nice, large, large uh, financial advising companies. And proud to have people like uh, Rocket Mortgage as customers. And wow. That's really United Wholesale Mortgage is a large, large user of ours. They they underwrite a lot of uh, the you know, mortgage brokers in the country. So great company there. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Now, you, I seem to recall from my conversations, I talked with your partner manager or a couple of them who were in that role over the years. Um, you were at physical offices. Did yeah. you have to... You yourselves had to do the adjust work from home thing on the fly. Yeah, you know, we 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 have done all of that as well. Like we could have a whole podcast on what I think about this. So, <laughs> we, you know, March second week of March, I told everybody, sent the uh, video saying, "Hey, everyone, we're going to go home for two weeks. I want you to come in. I want you." We were uniquely prepared for this. We're in Colorado, yeah, and we had developed a wildfire preparedness plan because we had been we had to evacuate yeah. once before. So part of our SOC 2 uh, compliant procedure was to develop a, a, a wildfire compliance plan, which I mean, everyone has laptops. There's no desktops. So you could just pick up and be gone yeah. very quickly yeah. and secure all at the same time. Yeah. So we flipped to remote overnight. Nice. Going home for two weeks and it was two years, right? Like right, right. Over. So, wow. <laughs> and then we did, we had three floors of space. And one, we just renovated, spent a bunch of money making it amazing. Yeah. Downtown Carl Springs, Pikes Peak views. And and um, I mean, long story short, we we tried the remote with a hub after the pandemic waned, try to get everybody to come back. It just didn't. And then we had hired differently. The competition in the market became different. We also had the great recession during this time, or I'm sorry, the great, not recession, the great resignation. Uh, resignation, yes. Right, the great. So people, we did have some of that as well. So then you're competing differently. Now people can, I can work from anywhere, is it was the mantra. So you're competing against Silicon Valley. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For finance, for uh, income. Yeah. And we're competing on East Coast, West Coast, everywhere. So when yeah. we're paying Denver type income. So it's it was an interesting learning. Plus, on top of that, you're going remote. Plus, Colorado was the first state to do the required salary salary transparency thing on postings, which probably. I love that you brought that up because that was another hill for us to climb during this. Yeah. Yeah. Turmoil, right? The, <laughs> that, and this, I mean, the pandemic, I mean, that was the kick in the butt, I think, on businesses was this transition remote work, great resignation on top of that. Now in Colorado, we're posting what we pay. So everybody knows and that, and then there's a bunch of free money in the market that the government's handing out. Okay. And so, so now everybody's just spending that on competition for labor. It's just a fascinating. And now we're seeing that pendulum swift again, switch again, I think a bit. So I digress. Yeah. No, it's my goodbye. 2020 through 2022. I, it was a roller coaster. Did you turn my hair was jet black? Was my hair was black in twenty twenty? <laughs> did you turn loose of some of that office space? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, we did. So now we're down to seven thousand square feet, okay. and then we wow. have roughly, I'd say, fifteen people showing up there. Right, right. We had some people that were diehard. Yes, that love it, want it. Yeah, we had a great culture. I mean, every Friday we had lunch together, all the whole company. I mean, we. So I am lamenting that. I think sure. it's tough. I and I think in sales roles too. Look, when I, I was a salesperson, I learned from hearing what other people around me were saying. I think, yes, yes. gosh, we're going to have some sort of reckoning there. Yes. And so I've just said, look, you can be in. So most of the people that are in the office are salespeople in the office. Interesting. And, they're, and a lot of them are newer salespeople. Interestingly, our top three enterprise reps, they never wanted to go. They always went to the office. They go into that place <laughs> through the pandemic. And there's like it's just the two of them. and. 30,000 square feet. They're like literally, they, they, um, saran wrapped my office, you know, stuff, hooligans, shenanigans all the time. But, um, that drew the younger reps back into the office because they were there and they wanted to learn from them and hear what they're saying and how, how they're doing things. So it was, it was really great. I do, I think you hit on a, on, on a key thing that, and I think you said it when you said reckoning that work from home, got it. But you you are missing learning. You are missing inspiration. You're missing. I, I I love it. I'm home right now. I I love it. I don't know even personally if it's best for me. Mm. I love chocolate chip cookies. I love them. I'll eat them all the time if I could. <laughs> like I eat as many as I could. I eat the whole tray. That's not good for me, right? And I, it's something like that. I think. Yeah. What yeah. what we like as humans not is is usually not always best. What's convenient isn't best usually. What's easy all the time. So I do struggle yeah. with that. Yeah. And there's also what 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 may be better for the individual human may net net be not better for the business or the enterprise. Right. Um and and for the moment at least we're trying to figure out the balance right. of that. And 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 I don't think we'll ever go back to the same shape we had. Agreed. Before, but I think you'll get companies. There are companies who've really mastered the remote thing, mm-hmm. and they'll they'll keep accelerating. You'll get companies that'll master the collaborative, local. I can't wait to go to the office thing. I suspect, um, and they'll 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 probably rocket in a different direction. I can't imagine like a design or creative firm trying to do everything remote. Like I, I I've done it. I ran one. 
it 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 it's hard to get and and maybe I'm just too you know I I just remember I, I liked knowing everybody there I knew everybody's name yeah. I like meeting them on their first day I yeah. like nice seeing people casually and having those bump in conversations so I just we just kind of find something and maybe that's just and it, I think it is about your business leadership and the culture that they want to build and I yeah. think it's okay I think it's okay to say I want everybody to come back and I think it's okay to say we're going to be completely remote forever. And that's great for us. But I think it's, it's finding the fit for who you are as an entity and deciding that's who we're going to be. And the people that want to do that with us, come on in. Yeah. The people that don't want to do that, that's okay too. Yeah. Probably not the best fit for you here. I think that's the best approach. I, as I talk to my peers about this, I'm like, yeah, we got, got to do less than this, right? Like yeah. what we feel is the best culture for our companies. Yeah. Yeah. And I suspect there are some, I suspect there. I suspect there are some um, job functions th that will be handled differently than others. Uh, I agree. I mean, developers. Yeah. I didn't know who they were anyway. <laughs> they they always checked in crazy hours. They did. Yeah, yeah. Kind of created a cool environment for them to come and go as they wanted, but some of them did, and some of them did, like whatever, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. but I think product has some times where they'd like to be together more to collaborate yeah. feel the room right and but in sales and customer success i feel like those areas we learn so much from the environment around us and we can get better at it i think i think customer satisfaction scores will go higher if if people thought about being back together again. interesting point i rem i mean early 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 in my career in the tech space i was uh i was at in tech support when that was a phone function um, and being able to go, hang on one second. Hey, Mike, how the heck does offset in Excel work again? Right. right? Yeah. Right. Like, or or like you're the manager and you got five people and like now it's just sales or CS because we still have some phone and, 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 and support and we have, you know, phone sales. And it's like, do I need to listen to every individual call, but a human brain, can sit in the huddle with everybody and go, well, man, Jim, or hey, 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 hey. Like, yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. Up, hey, next time, next time, try it this way. And we can do that simultaneously. We do have that ability, yeah. but there's no tech. If you listen to five calls on a Zoom right. playback or you're using right. Actually, really big. That's you're not really going to be able to do it, right? Like, but a human can sit there yes. and pick up on the, there's something about the sales floor. And if you've been in sales ever in your life, you've been a part of that where you're all just trying to make a number together. There's something about that. I think that happens in customer success as well. Mm -hmm. It's unique. Marketers, our marketers have always been remote almost, you know. Our CMO is in Philadelphia. He's great. He's always <laughs> been remote. So, but I agree. There's some roles that, that will be remote and some that I think could be back again. Cool. On switch gears, what... Uh... You mentioned HubSpot, and I'll I'll, I'll just pick on them. Are, do you find yourself saying, "Uh-oh, someone's going to take what we've done and sort of jump on it and take a whole market away from us?" Like, what what keeps you up a little bit? I don't. I think um, I don't. You know, someone recently asked me that. I'm like, if you would have told me that in 2006, I guess I would have been. I was more concerned about then. I think what we do is unique. There's a lot of competitors in the space when there weren't before. I think it's in a way validated the market. Mm. Um, I remember when HubSpot was small too. Like, and so 
I don't know, or Google's going to do this, right? I think we've just gotten so niched and expertise, I think, in these verticals as well. And our core value of guidance, I think, is moreover the key to this because it's not about the technology in video. It's not. It's not. I mean, you can do that, right? Of course. Um, but it's about how to help people get over their fear of, cam- of the camera because for whatever reason, it, when that light turns on, I freak out a little bit, get, get over about how I look or how I sound, how I sound in my head right now. And you're hearing me. Yeah. It's two different things. Right. And so when you're, when you play the video back, we go, I don't like that. Your brain literally has this visceral reaction says, I don't like that. I don't like how I look. I don't like how I sound like it's just this negative reinforcement. But when you receive feedback, when you send people a video and they respond back to you, like, I loved it. It's the opposite. You're, you're actually getting an endorphin kick to your brain because people like getting compliments. People like hearing their name. We are human beings. This is how we interact. So helping people give her that initial hump is the job. It is not necessarily the video technology. It is the adoption of this as a new catalytic mechanism for communication that can transform your business. But you, it's kind of like if I unblur my screen, you see a Peloton back here. If I get on that thing, I I meet my goals, okay? I 100% believe if you adopt video as a part of your communication strategy, you will it will help you meet your goals faster, right? But you have to adopt it and you have to do it and you have to be dedicated to it just like I have to be dedicated to the bike behind me. So right, right. I think yeah. that's a part of it, right? And so I think that's our defensible position as well. It's an obstacle for us, but we've done well. We've written two books. We like to think we're the authority on this. And the first one is Rehumanize Your Business, Straightforward Framework and Tactics. The next one is called Human-Centered Communication, The Case Against Digital Pollution, because the pandemic did another thing. We just assaulted everyone. It was like the spam apocalypse. And it's like, and now we have artificial intelligence where now if, okay, 10 years ago, if I sent you an email, you actually thought I made it for you. Yes, yes, you you were going the same path. Keep going. (laughs) No, I I do this all the time on a podcast. I'll say, Matt, do you believe if you got an email from me, do you believe I sent it? No, I don't. And what does that do? So there's no reciprocity. So it used to be, I would, so this is what we teach, right? So this reciprocity. So if I sent you that, there's this reciprocity, like at least I'd respond to you. Now I have no reciprocity. I just go click, shift, delete. I don't care. That's not a real person anymore. Gina, BDR, XYZ company has no idea who I am. That is a part of a sequence that is automated to get my attention and hope I respond. So our premise is that send a video. Whenever possible, say, Matt, hey, it's Darren yeah. from BombBomb. I've been following your company, big fan. Listen, what we do is help people like you do X, Y, and Z. If yeah. you'd like to have a conversation about that, I'd love to have it. Yeah. You can click on the link below and schedule a time with me anytime you want. Here's something else for you that shows you how we work with five other companies just like you. Yeah. Hope to talk to you soon. Hope you're having a great day. Bye. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, mean, I, 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 I can tell we got close to the heart there. That's wonderful. <laughs> no, seriously, that is that is awesome. I, I was in a conversation with a bunch of longtime email marketers, as I said, of getting beginning to know that world the other day, and we we ended up talking about video and email, 
And I was blown away. 95% of the people on the call said, oh, I don't think I've ever gotten a video that right. email. I'm like, it's, it's still novel. What no, the it heck? It's still novel. It is. It's still novel. And like I said, call this morning. Uh, if you bought or sold a home, you're far more likely to have experienced that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if, yeah, pro, yeah. That that's yeah. That's one of the it's interesting, has, right? Right. Yeah. One of the has adopted it, and and it's trusted advisor. It's it's also a it's a, it's a set of professionals where the person is the, the the person is sort of the the brand or the point on the business, if you will. Um, I, you know, if I got a video from Acme Corp, that doesn't make any sense. A video from Fred at Acme Corp, right? So I have this other theory, if you'll indulge me. Yeah. Or VC conversation. Yeah. I really believe that venture capital private equity has a roadmap of how you go to market and it involves a lot of just velocity marketing, right? So it's, email, call, LinkedIn strategy that it, it works, it can't, but it's a numbers game, right? And it's numbers just game. blowing through the numbers. And I think what we're doing is dangerous. You're commoditizing a bit sales professionals when you yes. do that, yes. right? That's what I believe. So yes. I was recently in Tucson, Arizona last week, in fact, with the American Association of Inside Sales Professionals. A lot of conversation about this, like the relationship you described shouldn't be reserved only to the trusted advisor. In fact, it should be to the salesperson's relationship to their customers. And we're, we're commoditizing that. We're making it, I think, cheapened in a way by assaulting so many people we call digital pollution. Just all this stuff coming at me. And so you're not people anymore. It's just like a robot is how I assimilate to that. I think about that. So I think we got to get back to that a bit, but we got to be able to scale that too. I get it. Like, so we've been working hard on thinking about how we scale yeah. personal. Yes. We believe that we can do that. So. How do we scale personal in sequencing? Um, we're helping people write sequences in outreach. We're helping people write email campaigns now in, that, that they send to their past customers. How do we make their experience the thing that we care about the most, not about our company? Because they don't care anymore. They already bought the house or already, already did the mortgage. How do I care more yeah. Yeah. about the recipient that I'm sending to than I do about my own outcomes? I, we believe You'll reach your own outcomes by caring more about them. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, yeah. that it that scale thing. At at the root of that scale thing is it's inherent to digital that making a perfect copy is essentially cost free. It's easy. So someone goes, "Oh, I'll scrape LinkedIn and I'll get you know a thousand names and addresses and I'll send them all the same thing." Like, uh, I actually switched my um. Video blur. I switched my uh, first name field on LinkedIn from Matthew to Doctor Matthew, mainly because it gives me a surefire flag that some pain in the butt is is doing this grape outreach. They add the doctor. Yeah, they they do the you know what would be hi Matthew is hi Doctor Matthew. I'm like, yep, bullshit, dead, right, done. <laughs> right. We have a lot of examples of this that we use in presentations. One is like, hey Matthew. Uh, I love Bellingham too. It's the best. Oh, by the way, here's the, but we can really help you. Like, it's just fake. It's we fake. know it. It's everyone, everyone knows it. Everyone knows <laughs> it. But we're, and we're accepting marginal results. 
used to be going to email conference and it's like, what are acceptable open rates? That is not ever, has, has never gone up. No, no, it's only never going up. down. Only going down. Okay, you don't have, I don't care how big of a company you are, you do not have an infinite addressable market. You don't. So have you ever thought about the inverse of a crappy open rate? Yeah. You got 70%, 80%, 90, not liking you so much. Yes. Yeah. Right. But we don't, all we do is ramp it up. Oh, just give me another fresh, a thousand leads. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. And, yes. And just crank them through and then do it again. And it's yeah. like, okay. From a, human, from a human perspective, your 20% open rate is an 80% fail rate. Fail. I, I fail. Often I don't think we think about the diminishing returns that you could be yeah. exhausting your addressable market. And we need to treat these a bit better or qualify them better for the love of God. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. qualify who we're talking to better and get more specific about our best, you know, customer profile. Yeah. And and the the blast we keep, you know, the blast filters are getting insane because of that flood. I my my morning habit in my inbox, disgusting but true. I know the keystrokes that do. Show me all the unreads, select all the unreads, and then I go shift clicking through the ones I'm going to keep. And all I look at is the from column. That's right. So, and you go, do I know this person? Do I know this person? Does it even look like a person? Or did I buy something from them? And yeah. I want yeah. to buy something yeah. again. Yeah. But, my, but that's like, like five companies for me. The go to default behavior is like dead. <laughs> it's interesting because we've we've uh, made it hard for ourselves, right? That was a marketing because yes, we could go to have this device. How many of these do you answer? If you don't know the number, I'm not answering it because now all the inbounds coming on my personal cell phone. Oh, yeah, just, and so I'm like, nope, nope. So so now and now you, and emails diminish. So the, what do we do? What's our answer to that? We just do more. Yeah, we just do more. And I think, I, listen, I just think if we settle down a little bit got more keyed in on who our ideal customer profile is. And we spoke to the problems back to what we talked about in the first part of this. We spoke to the problems that we solve for people mm. and the kind of an old fashioned approach to sales that can be scalable. It can be maybe not to the velocity that you're experiencing today, but I would argue that that that's a false narrative that that will be successful long-term. It's, it's daunting to, uh, to bootstrap now my perception. Right. Don't yeah. to bootstrap now because even if I had the magic widget that would slot perfectly into the, you know, crushing need that company X has, getting 10 seconds for them to go, getting wait a minute, it. I could solve this problem. It's like, no, I got to send another wasted, you know, 5,000 bogus emails to get one person to act, read it. It's like, oh, that's frustrating. Like I think, I think events are going to come back strong because, yeah. right? Like in-person events and expos and the conferences because the, the pandemic is this reverse reaction to that people want to be back in person. But I think yeah. that's one of the best ways we've been able to develop relationships over the years that are impenetrable is that we built those in face-to-face -face at real estate conferences. Actual people. Inman. We're at these different, you know, these different markets that we've been successful in the past. Yeah. We yeah. know them. They know us. They know we care about their business. They yeah. can call me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's how we've done it. So I know what I wanted to ask you when you were you when you were talking about the humanizing thing. Um 
particularly with bigger enterprises that are customers. Um, as I said, I've been around real estate mortgage space a bit. Um, this difficult negotiation they have between wanting to arm people to be direct and personal and still maintaining brand control. Right. That's How right. do you help them with that? Yep. Or even compliant. Or compliance as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a yeah. big one. Yeah. 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 We, so what we do in most of those cases is we begin with evergreen personal, personal video. So they might not say your name in that. Okay. They are personal in nature. So, you know, we, we create a, a set defined group of messaging that might be included in some sort of sequence or email campaign or journey. And then we say, uh, we actually coach on this and here's email one. Then we're going to put it, we want a 50% kind of penetration in the overall email campaign of video. So 50% of our emails, we want to contain a video, not everyone, but then that, that you can't just kind of slap a video in there. You got to write the, the email in a little bit different way. And so we coached on that. We helped implement that. And then we have the set group of videos that then we roll out to the greater community. We worked with a huge financial advising company. We're talking, you know, 500 person rollout to go into 2000. And so you have these set nine videos that you want them to do. We have a little coaching script for each one of them. We have a kind of a, our Ethan, our chief evangelist saying, this is how you want to deliver this. Video. You know, yeah, he's great. He's been <laughs> with me for 12. He worked with me at the TV station. But again, guidance. It's almost like an LMS and learning management system environment. Yeah. You have your new list. You got to do nine of them. And that gets you going, right? And so now, and those instantly are transferred into Salesforce or whatever journey mechanism yeah. you're yeah. using. Um, and then the email campaigns. And now we have videos in those pieces. But they're kind of like, those are all automated, right? They're evergreen videos. So, and I'll give you an example of what I think we like to use a lot. If you're introducing your someone to a new lead, or it could be someone that you want to work with, I think the one that comes to mind is of a mortgage loan officer is meeting a new agent for the first time. Often that's automated in their CRM. So that email sitting there in the CRM, right? Mm. So we have this email that we coach and train to. It says, Hey, I just want to introduce myself. My name's Darren. Hey, I got three kids. Uh, we play soccer all weekend. I am up in Castle Rock and we're doing, tell them about a bit about yourself. Yeah. Cause this is how people introduce each other. If I just met you for the first time, it's like, where do you live? Yeah. Uh, what, what, yeah. Yeah. what do I know about the place you live? It's, this is how we, this, give me an example. When you first meet someone, why do we change that? Like we change that instead. It's like, XYZ mortgage companies, the best in the world, world, world. It's like, no one cares. No one cares. What we care about is relationships with you and me. So yeah, yeah. great how to do that. We give you these nine videos, but I didn't say your name. So I can use that again and again and again. So it's personal, it's yep. evergreen. Yep. Yep. It's built into the journey. Then we do, you know, our QBRs are how do we need to update that? How's it performing? What else do we need to do here? And we help them market better. When we feel in a human-centered way, that's kind of what BombBomb Bomb does with our enterprise clients now. Right. And that's how we scale it. So we can roll that out to 2,000 users. Nice. Just like that. Yeah. Nice. Wow. I suspect the, um, <coughs> I suspect the wheel's going to turn in your favor. Well, we I hope so. I've been waiting a long time. <laughs> As we get, I mean, the, 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 hey, I'm doing okay. Don't worry about me. Everything's fine. 
What? No, I know, but you're you clearly got a you clearly got a a, a, a a mission. It's not just about business growth. You, yeah. you know, right? No, you you would really like to see uh, less crap, more actual interaction, more relationship, and you're doing a lot of work to enable that. Um, I I worry that we're at a you know crazy breaking point in our in a, in our attention in our engagement. I'm like, what, what what's going to give? Like. Do you ever have the temp temptation to select all delete? Because I certainly do. Oh, I do all the time. I do <laughs> right. that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Okay. If, if I don't know you, I just am not going to do it anymore. Yeah. I don't have enough time. Like, yeah. And co companies, companies that go, wait a minute, like your customers, I'm thinking, like, wait a minute, time out. We need to invest in. Yep. And I'll actually for the people that want to do that. Yeah. If you don't, then don't hire me. And you're yeah. not good on anyway. And that's okay. Yeah. That's okay with me, but I'm self-funded. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like I get to still choose that a little bit, I think. And so we can still grow our business without, you know, killing ourselves, but have growth and, and profitable is the new sexy, profitable is coming back. Like be profitable. Yeah. So I think that's what we should do. And that's what we're doing. So we're just going to keep doing that, you know, and I, I'm not going to, I don't want to relent on that. I think, I think people want to do business with people they know, like, and trust. I've always thought that my entire life. I was, you know, I yeah. grew up around salespeople. I'm, I, I like to say, I'm classically trained in sales. And so how do people, when you get to the essence of it, how do people decide if they know, like, and trust somebody? Yeah. And it's a feeling more than anything. And like, if you have two roofers come to your house and, and how do you decide if they both have basically the same service for the same price? Well, how do you decide? You decide because either a referral, yeah. somebody I know told me that, as inferred, no, I can trust. They built that. Yep. Or you decide, you know, I just, I'm going to go with option A because I, I got a feeling about it. Yeah. So it's the handshake. Back to that. It's the handshake and the chit chat and it makes all the difference. Right. I think so. But I'm obviously biased. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Well, we should wrap. I want to respect your time, but boy, I, I figured this would be a fascinating conversation, but I love where we went with it. I too. I, I I'm 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 very enthused by what Bomb Bomb has done, and I suspect all sorts of continued like this. I I think just from the questions I get about you know different kinds of content and email, thinking people are kind of groping around for. I guess I can't just keep robo writing. I hope. I hope. I hope so. Like <laughs> I hope. So. Right. I hope. Um, we'll that must it. be somebody's job, but it can be so much better. Last question. Yeah. Why, where'd the name come from? Oh, sure. It's easy. I'll give you both answers. It's the slang term. We've been around so long. It was like, you're the bomb. You know, that was it. But, but. it was a young woman who told my business partner, Connor, that he was the bomb.com. Now, this is back in like 2003. And so we used to collect URLs, right? Yeah. Like you'd buy them and think, oh, this is going to be worth something someday. Yep. And so Connor instantly tried to buy bomb.com. It was unavailable. Okay. He bought bombbomb.com and it has treated us very well. I was in Tucson, as I mentioned last week, I was getting a car, a rental car. And the woman's like, what is bomb bomb? And if I had just a nickel for every time I got that question, right. it served right. us well, right? You know, so I like to have some answers that maybe are a little bit more fictitious, like, you know, it's super clandestine. We yeah. are, you know, it's a secret government agency. I can't really tell you about it. Can't tell you. You know, or I, one time I was in the airport and with a, a huge police conference was mostly going on in DC. And I was oh, getting, wow. they literally like, oh, bomb squad. Right. And I'm like, yes. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Not. Wow. Love it. It's been fun though. It's Love been, it. Well, fun. we'll send people to bombbomb.com, B-O-M-B-B-O-M-B.com. And Darren Dawson, co-founder president, it's been fun as heck talking with you. You too, man. Appreciate you.